Aunt Jennifer's Tigers is a poem written by Adrian Rich in the 1950s. Adrian Rich was a prominent poet in America and she had an impact on people all around the world. She was a feminist, an intellectual who changed the discourse about women through her poems. She spoke of ideas which were foreign to the times in which she lived in, which were very daring and bold. In the poem Aunt Jennifer's Tigers, we see a woman called Aunt Jennifer by an unseen speaker. Aunt Jennifer is a symbol of any woman anywhere in the world who in the society of those times was leading a life of oppression because she was not allowed a voice of her own. Aunt Jennifer seeks relief, she seeks expression and she makes a panel in needlepoint, a tapestry. Her tapestry is described in the first stanza where she is making a scene of tigers in a forest and the tigers are in a playful mood. They live in an environment of threat. There are hunters under the tree, but the tigers are unaffected. Their confidence, their chivalric certainty is a sign almost of masculinity. Aunt Jennifer's tigers are bright topaz denizens of a world of green. They are yellow, yellow in color against the contrast of green and they are described as topaz denizens of a world of green, showing a kind of belongingness. They belong to the world they live in. But does Aunt Jennifer belong to the world she lives in? That is the question that the first stanza raises. Aunt Jennifer is making an embroidery, a needlepoint embroidery panel. But she is not comfortable. She is not at ease, mentally disturbed. Her hands are fluttering through the wool, showing her anxiety, showing her sense of nervousness. Why is she nervous? What is the reason that makes her find it difficult to even pull, a, pull an ivory needle? Ivory needles were used in those days. So this is a period reference. The massive weight of uncle's wedding band sits heavily upon Aunt Jennifer's hands. The next two lines reveal the reason why she is in this state of nervousness. It is because of uncle's wedding band. But isn't a marriage a marriage between two people? Then why uncle's wedding band? These lines are significant. This phrase is significant because it brings out the fact that it is uncle who takes the lead. It is the marriage is uncle's marriage predominantly in which his rules will be followed. So that sits heavily upon Aunt Jennifer's hands. She cannot really do anything about it. That weight is weighing her down, causing anxiety and nervousness. The next stanza talks about Aunt when she's dead. When Aunt is dead, her terrified hands will lie, still ringed with the ordeal she was mastered by. Her life will pan out in the same manner as all women in those days would experience 
a kind of suppression by men, to play a subservient role in society, to accept that there were others, the men, who were leading, who were right, and the woman was mastered. It is a master and slave relationship. It is not a marriage between equals. So she will be surrounded with these painful ordeals, painful experiences throughout her life and that is how she will die. While on the other hand, the tigers that she's made, her creation, her voice, her deep voice, which cannot be heard otherwise, will continue to prance proud and unafraid. This is ironic because the woman wanted to say something but there were no listeners. But her creation is there forever. The works of this lady have been immortalized, if one may say so. Let's examine the figures of speech used here in this poem. A short poem, but so full of figures of speech. Aunt Jennifer's tigers prance across a screen. There is a stanza here which is replete with imagery where the tigers are a bright topaz, the forests are green, and you can see the men beneath the tree. So the visual impact is a strong one, and it sets the mood of the poem, the tone of the poem. We see here a lot of imagery used, as I just mentioned, tigers prancing across the screen, bright yellow in color, men under the tree, and also this alliteration, chivalric certainty. So the chivalry was something that was practiced by the knights in the earlier times. It was a moral code of conduct. But in modern times, it became bravery and an attitude of assistance by men towards women. So chivalric certainty is an alliteration. In the next line, we have another alliteration, Aunt Jennifer's fingers fluttering through her wool. These this alliteration brings out the anxiety of the aunt as she's making this panel. And then we have a metaphor, the massive weight of uncle's wedding band. Uncle's wedding band is like a weight, a burden, but the like has not been used. It's not a simile, it is a comparison and a metaphoric comparison. So it is a metaphor, sings heavily, up, sits heavily upon Aunt Jennifer's hand. We also find here in the next stanza that there is the use of a transferred epithet, terrified hands, which is also in a way a synecdoche. Terrified hands is a transferred epithet because when we say terrified, we could use a noun like terrified person, all right, terrified child, but we have transferred this epithet from terrified to hands. So this qualifies all the conditions that are required for a transferred epithet. But on the other hand, it is also a synecdoche because here hands are being used to, to refer to Aunt Jennifer as a person. So we can also call it a synecdoche. She, her terrified hands will lie, still ringed with the ordeal she was mastered by. So here she's surrounded. The ring is a symbol. So there is the use of symbols in this poem too. The tigers, a symbol of free creatures, not affected by the pressures of society. 
and the ring a symbol of oppression the ring the wedding ring a symbol of a trap that the woman is caught in and so she will die ringed with the ordeal she was mastered by here ringed is used as a verb and she will still be surrounded by the painful experiences that will characterize her married life the tigers in the panel that she made will go on prancing proud and unafraid so we find here that the tigers are described in another alliterative line prancing and proud so we feel that here through these kind of figures of speech the beautiful underlying meaning of the poem the mood of the poem all this comes through and we feel that we really relate to the woman who is almost like a slave to the man and is unable to do something to change her life in a better way to give herself the satisfaction of doing something on her own and being characterized as an individual